Hey guys, you're listening to the RE Social Podcast. I'm Jesse Vasquez. Tune in for this episode. You're listening to the RE Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and Vince from Onvi Invest. For more information, go to onviinvest.com. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of RE Social Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Jesse Vasquez. Uh, no, no BS, all facts guy. You already called me out for having a Epiphone Les Paul in the back. So, you know, uh, shout <laughs> out right. to uh, he's right. Epiphone Les Paul, poor guitar players. Uh, Jesse, welcome <laughs> to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate being here. Yeah. And I actually asked you to play that guitar and you, and you pushed it off and said it's your buddy. So, um, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I've already been called out twice on this. So, <laughs> well, he won't play in front of real guitar players because. <laughs> It's just good enough to fool, like, you know, my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You got, story. you got the C chord down. You're, you're picking. I, I, yeah. hear, it. Oh, I yeah. hear it. You want to see major seven? I'm out. I'm calling out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? I actually learned how to play guitar Suzuki method. I didn't even, I did not know any chords or anything. And the instructor that I had um, turned his back to me and would play notes and I'd have to find it. Wow. You have to find them on the on the guitar. Even to this day, I don't know I don't know like all the chords, but I could play I could play them. Um wow. and I was I was like in indie bands and punk rock bands when I was younger, um up oh, until my probably mid 20s. Um I was in a band called Almost Home California where we toured. We did all kinds of fun stuff, man. It was it was a uh, it was an exciting time in my life. <laughs> that's for that's sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I have yeah. a very similar story. Well, well then uh, that's kind of interesting that we both are guitar players. We're both very into this kind of sector and specifically and it, for anyone who doesn't know who you are uh, by the way i'm super excited to meet you because of i'm more of the operations guy and this is my my lane so um yeah. thanks for rescheduling so jesse tell us about you like how how did you go from like punk rock band like you know to you know mega mega star in, on the mtr circuit <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I still have that punk rock in me. It, it doesn't ever leave leave me. Um, I grew up in uh, in Northern California, and pretty much everybody skateboarded here when I was growing up. So I I fell into that culture, that skate that skate culture, and um, it's it's almost like an ethnicity. Like once you have that in you, it, it carries with you your entire life. And skate culture was for me, you know, just being able to be around people and encouraging people. And for those people that don't skateboard, like I still skate to this day. I'm in my 40s with my wow. kids. So I've skated my entire life and it's some, it's like riding a bike. It's, it's, it's second nature to me. So like, I love that kind of stuff. In fact, I think skateboarding helped me in my career later on and we can dive into that a little bit later, but um, yeah, I started working in, in, um, in healthcare and I jumped into healthcare um, in 2000, 2003. My daughter was born in 2003. I got a job delivering oxygen for a company and then I got promoted into a sales rep and then kind of went, went into the rabbit hole of sales management and things like that. But I ended up connecting with a travel nurse back in 20, probably 2015. Her name was Barbara. Um, and it was at a place called Doctors Medical Center here in the Central Valley. I remember sitting on a hospital. Well, I wasn't sitting. I was walking through a hospital floor. You know, those dimly lit, like kind of yellow looking hospital. They have a yellow tint to them. I was in one of those kinds of cubicles where all the clinicians kind of hang out where they're looking at patients' charts and stuff. And there's this woman that had this beautiful accent because everybody here in California says dude and bro and man, just like we all do here. Um, and she had this awesome accent she was saying things like uh, you guys try to guess where this this accent comes from don't you know isn't he a doll anybody no don't you know is don't you know canadian no it kind of has south? no <laughs> she was I from know uh, this what is she's from fargo north dakota 
Oh, oh North Dakota. Yeah. 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 She said A and she was saying, yeah. So I just like, I was gravitated towards that voice. Um, Cause again, we don't hear that very much here. And I was asking her like, where are you, where do you, what are you doing here? Like, well, what's going on? And she just basically was, I'm a travel nurse. Um, I asked her where she was staying and she told me she was staying at the shittiest motel on the planet, which is motel six, which was right around the corner from the hospital. And, and I, if I didn't ask this question, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to realize the opportunity. I, I asked like, well, how much are you paying to stay in motel six? Three G's a month, three grand for a motel six. And this was back in 2015. So I just, for me to, to, to hear that I could, you know, my thought process was, and I didn't own any property at the time is like, I could go buy a home right now. The mortgage payment would be $1,500 and I can house like a Barbara for three grand in an entire home. So I asked her like, we well, you know, who do I talk to here? And she's like, well, just talk to the HR department. That's who hired or that's who brought me into this, this department. So, you know, if you guys ever worked in a hospital or been in hospitals, like everybody has to have these badges, right? You see that the clinicians are walking around with these badges and they have these little zippy strings on them so they could, you know, buzz to get into rooms. And I want you guys to picture right now a movie where it pans to a door and all of a sudden you see this door swing open and it's like slowly closing. And then all of a sudden it pans down to the bottom. You see a foot, a shoe, stop it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what happened. So about an inch and a half before the door was about to shut. I, I shoved my foot in there like a maniac. Door stopped. I opened it. I went in there and I talked to a Misty, a woman named Misty. And she basically said, hey, Jess, we were looking for somebody like you that can house clinicians. We're having a difficult time. There's not enough housing. There's not enough clinicians to meet the demand for the amount of patients here. Um, what can you do for us? Within that first 30 days, I went and bought my first property. I got a contract with the hospital. And that's where I realized like, the opportunity that was in front of me at that moment. Because every hospital that I went into from Southern California to the Bay Area to, because to, I was in management, every single one of those hospitals had barbers that were working, travel nurses from Midwest or from anywhere in the US um, that were just working on location for typically 90 days at a time. And that's that's where I realized like, holy smokes, there's opportunity all over the place here in NorCal, Southern California, all over the place. So and what year about was that when that took place? 2015. Yeah, 2015. Yeah, wow. That's way early then. That's yeah. crazy. So you were one of the the pioneers almost, <laughs> if you will. Well, man, a lot of people were doing this beforehand. Um there's uh, travel clinicians started coming into the US back in the in the 70s or the 80s when AIDS became a pandemic here. So like people didn't want to touch touch any patients that had AIDS. So that's why there's a lot of Philippines workers that are here that migrated here because the US actually brought them to almost like work on these patients because everybody was scared to do it, mm. which is kind of jacked up if you think about it. They're like the guinea yeah. pigs because nobody knew. Um, so uh, that's why you see, again, a lot of here in California, especially Northern California, there's a lot of Filipinos that are clinicians because a lot of in the Philippines, people are, you know, that's like the number one thing is you become a nurse when you graduate high school. It's like the families push, yeah. push them off. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it was just the, and the way that I went about it, it was different. It wasn't just that I was housing that nurse. I, I went the route of, connecting with the business and creating a relationship with the business, which was the recruiter. And those recruiters, the agencies paid more money. They don't, it's not like I'm talking to a, a travel nurse herself and I'm getting her to stay at my home. The agencies are actually paying for the clinicians to come stay. Um, and it's changed since 2015. It's not the same way anymore. Agencies used to pay for these clinicians. Now they, they still do that, but it's more of like specialty doctors, physicians, um, residents, so you still have that pool where the agencies are paying, but nurses get stipend pay now, which these these companies will pay a stipend amount to have these um, you know these clinicians out here on a weekly basis. So um, and it's tax free. So a lot of times the clinicians don't want to spend a bunch of money to you know have somebody 
you know, stay at a property because they got to pay bills back at home. Plus, they got to pay for housing here. So it's just um, it's a different way of doing things. In fact, I think right now the business to business approach is the better route to go because you're truly building a business like you're building your house on your own land. And if you're on Airbnb or you're on Furnish Finder, you're 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 building a house and just kind of waiting for somebody to show up. And Airbnb can decide like, look at New York, look at uh, Dallas, look at a lot of places. You know, you're yeah. you're delisted. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm in control and I get to create this business. And that, I think that's the major difference is that I actually truly own it. And for me, that's 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 important because I can sell either one of those. I can sell my real estate and I can sell this business, both for a ton of money. Um, so I just think it's a it's it's a smarter way or more intuitive way to build, you know, a business outside of well, outside of real estate, but still connected. What were some of the cause it's I mean, it was probably still kind of new. Um, especially with Airbnb, just kind of a recent platform, you know, 2015, what was, what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? What were some of those like, oh, didn't know that was going to be a thing or a problem? Like, what was that like? Yeah, the challenges were, well, let me kind of explain my job first. And then you guys are going to understand why it was relatively easy for me. So my job was to go in and talk to, they were called discharge planners that were sending patients home. So I had to go in there and have people know, like, and trust me. And I would take them Starbucks. I would take them, you know, food. I basically wanted to be remembered is essentially what it is. Um, and for anybody that does any outside sales, like that, that is the most difficult job there is. It's super hard. Um, you have to connect with people. And there's like 50 other people that are just like you doing the exact same shit. So you have to try to figure stuff out. But for me, that that came relatively pretty easy. I think I'm, I'm pretty easy to get along with. It's just a characteristic that I've had um, my whole life. And so for me, I just took the approach of I'm just doing exactly what I do with my W two job, but with a company. So a lot of the pitfalls that I that I see people run into now, it's like I can't get somebody on the phone, or I can't connect with them via LinkedIn. I'm not able to connect with the recruiter. Like all that stuff became was very natural to me. So I think again, I would get on a call, I would talk to those folks to wherever they're at, I would send them Starbucks as we were having a meeting. So it was a virtual meeting. Um, and back then it was Skype. I don't know if you guys remember Skype at all. I don't even know yeah. if Skype is still around. So we had calls. I, I did calls with them on Skype. So it was very similar to Zoom now. Um, so I essentially did the same thing. It was almost like I'm meeting that person, you know, firsthand. I'm sending Starbucks to them and, or lunch. And we would just have conversations and we'd be able to, um, you know, talk about what, what it is that I do and how I operate. So it's essentially the same thing. And things are a lot easier now because we have DoorDash and we have, you know, all these other things that we could do. Back then I was ordering pizza and crap, you know, paying over the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, ordering pizza, um, you know, stuff like that. So it's now it's a lot easier to do that. But most people aren't going to think about building an impression and putting those things together. So for me, uh, that was the easier part. The the difficult part was getting, you know, only having one property, um, only having two properties. Because a lot of times these agencies want to deal with people that have more properties, they have more doors, more opportunity for people to stay. And I realized quickly that if I now connected with an Airbnb owner or connected with people that were on Furnish Finder, I can build a little like a little allies. So if I only have two properties, I can now connect with you. I can connect with some other folks. And now I look like I have 10 properties to an agency. And that's essentially what I did as I mailed all these people on Airbnb. They had properties. I connected with the folks on Furnish Finder, Craigslist, and just said, hey, this is what I do. I connect with these companies. They're paying me three to five X long-term rental rates. Um, you know, I just want a 20% commission and I'll get people that can stay with you for three months at a time. So I had folks that were staying at these other properties. And it's really cool to have that because at the end of the day, I'm taking care of the agent, I'm taking care of the clinician that's coming, and I'm taking care of that other landlord, right? And make, you know, they're making way more than they would have, you know, if they were just to rent it on Airbnb and it's steady. 
Um, and I think that's really one of the cool things about the midterm spaces. There's, and you know, it's kind of what I'm trying to build is for people not to feel like that scarcity mindset, like book me, book me, kind of like how Airbnb owners are. They're like, you know, my place is the best on the block. Make sure you get mine. It, with the midterm space, I really I'm trying to cultivate that like we are collectively better together, you know. And if you're booked, then you can send me a referral or we can we can pass these referrals along to each other. I think that's really the best way to do it. Um, so that's kind of one of the pitfalls that I ran into early on is just, you know, how do I acquire more properties? How am I able to do that? But then I realized I can essentially co-host, um, which you know, that's 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 what it what it is essentially is co-hosting. So all right. So <clears throat> For someone who is listening, maybe us, um, let's say we have uh, about 20 doors in Orange County and Inland Empire, and we're like doing long-term or somebody's listening has got a couple of doors. What what do we have to do to get, do we have to go to hospital? Like I have to take like days off from my work and then I start hitting up hospitals or what do we, what do, we do? What's the yeah. first step? Yeah. I mean, I would connect with the HR department. I would check to see if there's travelers there. I'd go to indeed.com and just look and see what companies are hiring. We can You can do that for free. Um, it doesn't cost anything. Um, you can go drive by extended stay hotels that are the hotels that have, you know, the extended stay hotels is the largest corporate housing hotel chain in America. And you can drive by there at 7 p.m. at night like a creeper and just take a picture of all the work trucks out there. You can call those companies in the morning. There's a lot of intuitive ways to do this, that, but most people aren't spending the time and energy to do it because most people like things that are simple, like taking a few pictures and putting it on Airbnb and uh, on that, like, what other business can you think of that you can literally take pictures of besides your feet and put it on the internet and somebody will buy buy that? It's, it's so simple, you guys. And I think that's where, you know, people are used to that. And, and this is not simple. It takes time and energy. It's not passive. You're putting time and energy into it. But my returns are going to outdo a lot of other people's. And I'm actually truly building a business. Um, and I'm not, you know, reliant on these online travel agencies. So when you call them, Jesse, so what are you asking for? Like, uh, can we talk to the relocation specialist or HR? Like, who, what do you ask for? Yeah. So the pitch for a relocation specialist, that's for housing folks that have lost their home. Same thing. You're just basically saying like what you do, how you operate. You know, the goal is to be able to find out what problems they have and to solve those problems. If it's, there's not enough houses, you're going to, you know, you're going to band your properties together, maybe connect with some other folks. Um, you know, the goal is to try to see what their needs are. Um, if their clinicians are outsourced, if they're working for other agencies, if they have one person in the hospital that handles all the travelers that are coming in. So it's really looking at it again, how how do I solve problems? And if you think about most of the people that are super successful in any business, let's just let's just take like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, they're solving a billion problems, which is why they're making so much money, right? But if we just niche things down and we solve the problems of the, you know, the recruiters or these companies, housing is a is a huge one. Um, so if we're able to go in there and have first off cheaper housing or affordable housing or housing that is able to, you know, you're able to house three or four travel clinicians because a lot of millennials come together right now. They're traveling in groups. I've seen that happen over the last probably five years that it's shifted. It used to be just one nurse. Now it's like, you know, two or three nurses coming in groups. Um, that's kind of the new wave of, of travel nurses. So I, uh, there's just a lot of ways to kind of to skin a cat. And I don't know who came up with that name because it's, it's really weird, a weird saying, but you know, this, there's a lot of opportunities to do it. You just, again, have to think outside the box and it's all about helping, helping people. So if we have to, let's say um, we don't have the time right now, and then we just want to join your network and we just pay you a fee. Is that a thing? Like, do you do that? Like, do you need uh, housing in like Orange County and Inland Empire or wherever the people are listening from? 
Yeah, well, I have a free Facebook group. So like we post stuff on there all the time. I have a paid mastermind where people go in there. We share like, you know, we share recruiters. We share, you know, all the pertinent people that you need to connect with. Because that's the hard part is getting a hold of the right people. But on my free group, yeah, we share leads and stuff all the time. Um, I think that's again, yeah. So yeah, so leads are, they have, they're they're all over the place. Because again, we don't have housing. and uh, But in my mastermind, we we keep stuff like very tight knit, closed in our group. But our, I got a free group that allows, you know, something similar to that. Yeah, I'm on that Facebook group actually. That we're, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the free one. You'll see like people posting yeah. like Inland Empire three two <laughs> no dogs seven thousand yep. um, and dates and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool to watch everybody kind of help each other out, send referrals. Because yeah. again, like other than like creative financing or something, like what else? Where else do you see stuff like that in real estate? Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool to to be able to be a part of that. You know, to be able what's, to help other people. So what's the difference between that? Uh, that free Facebook group, which I am a part of, and I actually get a lot of value yeah. as I scroll through my feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm almost always seeing somebody posting. I think you post once in a while, yeah. Uh, but oftentimes it's just some random person who's just like got something, and maybe it's just like a question. And I love just seeing all the answers, and you can easily filter <laughs> yeah. out which ones are actually like as a solid gold answer, and like how to handle. Because it's such a weird niche thing that we do, of course. Um, that, you know, there's a lot of, for me, a lot of learning curves, but, um, what's the difference between that, which already chock full of value, totally free. Everyone should join who's listening. What's interesting that and the, the paid for mastermind, um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm I'm interested personally. (laughs) Well, the paid mastermind is, I mean, I have, I sit with people during the week. So we'll, Mm -hmm. we have a live call, um, once a week with myself and I got another guy, his name's Dunn. He's a coach in the group as well. So. Wednesday, he does his class and we go through the, he goes through the nitty gritty of like the phone calls that what we're talking about right now. That's the day-to-day tasks that most people will not do the right way. And then on Thursdays, when everybody has me, we'll go over like tactical ways to connect with companies, you know, different ways to operate, how to scale, like the more intricate things of the business. Um, So it's, we really break down on how to step-by-step. So it's an actual, it's a masterclass itself. And it's a, um, which is like you self-paced masterclass. And then you have the calls, which is the mentorship. So people come in with, you know, brand new, just getting started or people that have, you know, 25, 30 units, they're looking to scale, they're looking to build contracts. So there's a huge difference between the two because you get that one-on-one connection. Yeah. We're, 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 you know, sharing recruiters, relocation specialists, like the people that you need to get a hold of in the free Facebook group. It's just, they're just sharing the leads, not the actual people that are connected to it. So it's just a tighter network. I mean, I really, really love the community that we've been able to put together so far and, and relatively pretty quick, to be honest with you. So, um, but yeah, the free Facebook group is is awesome too. Like it's it's really cool to to watch that blossom. Nice. So give us the number, man. Is it uh, $80,000 per week? What's the deal? <laughs> what? The what? The, 80, the, the mastermind. No, no, no. No, my mastermind is $6,500. Uh, it's lifetime. So you come in. And it's a lifetime wow, membership. Really good. It's one time fee. Nice. Yeah, it's just a one time fee. You come in and 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 do all that. So, and that's that's as of right now. So we're adding a bunch of new stuff to it. We just changed the lifetime. We were doing like a quarterly kind of thing. And yeah, man, I I love that part of this business. It's really because it's such an intricate. I mean, you just said it a second ago. There's so many nuances to it that if you're just learning, um, it's hard to like grasp. When you guys go watch my YouTube videos, like I give a I give it all away for free. The blueprints online, like all over the yeah. place. But it, there's just little nuances that people need to have to like continue to build in this space. And again, the communal experience for me is just, it's really, it's really good. So just depends on what kind of learning you are. If you like to you have your handheld, you know, join a mentorship. If you can just do shit on your own, watch Facebook, you know? Yeah. 
Or I YouTube, mean, we can right? definitely do stuff by ourselves, but we don't have time. So we, we need to cut the time, right? So if yeah. you already have the contacts and uh, in Orange County and Inland Empire, do you guys do any, uh, do you have contacts there too? Yeah, we have contacts everywhere. I would say that California is pretty heavy with a lot of students in there. We have about four, 350 to 400 students right now. And a lot of them are California, SoCal to be exact, but they're all spread out all over the US. But yeah, it, there's a lot in Riverside, Orange County, Long Beach, um, you know, kind of all up and down that whole LA, Orange County area, San Diego, even a lot of San Diego too. Are you able to skirt a lot of the landlord friendly laws using these kind of midterms because you're really cutting out a lot of the garbage and going directly to like a billion dollar insurance company? They're not going <laughs> to squat, right? Oh, heck no. Yeah, no. And the cool thing about what we do too is the agencies are the leasees on the property. Most of, the, I mean, mm, yeah. I would say about 40% of the time, the agencies are the leases on these, on these, uh, on these, you know, these, these, these deals. So yeah, you, you're, they're multi-million dollar agencies are not going to not pay. Um, and even if they're not the leasee, they're still holding responsibility a lot of times for the clients that are in there. And, you know, I don't have to worry about squatters or anything like that. That's not something I think about, you know, I've been doing it for eight years, done a ton of these and there's, I've never had a squatter ever. Um, so, I mean, that's cool. Right. <laughs> and we do, we operate in the Bay area and stuff too, which is like, Kind of like LA, you, it's hard if somebody's in a home and they decide to stay there. Like you can't get them out. Um, yeah. Oakland, San Francisco, like it's impossible and right. never had that issue. Because again, these folks are on assignment. They're there to like do a job or they lost right. their home, and there's an there's a time frame for them to leave. They're not like right. just kind of living. You know, they're 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 working. It's a very different class of person. Yeah, totally. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting, man. What? Um, so it's interesting because I'm connecting right now with a gentleman who's just kind of starting the business that sounds like you've already well-established. Uh, he takes 10% um, and does kind of the same thing where he just keeps to the B2B guy. He connects guys like me who, you know, have a multiple properties, multiple Airbnbs and stuff. And uh, says, Hey, is this thing available? I've got somebody who wants to move in. who wanted to pay two to three times, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's essentially what your company does. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we connect partner A to partner B we do that all the time. We have, I mean, just in our group alone, there's shit, probably 500 homes all across the U.S. Um, that we connect with. And we have a portal. We share everybody's like information. So I can go to a relocation specialist today in my program and say, I have a network of 500 pro properties. So mm. that looks yeah. already amazing. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's already one of the things. So yeah, we just kind of connect person A to person B. 10% is cheap. We charge 15%, um, sometimes even 20%, depending on the price amount. But yeah, we'll get a, we'll get a, we'll get a fee and, and, uh, we'll pass those referrals over, you know, if we can. Again, we try to like to keep those in our group, but if there's obviously sometimes we we go out outside of that, man, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good payday. You get your you get your pay every month, and then you know we assume the cash and and kind of divvy it out. So it's a good deal, man. It really is. It, and I'm just gonna speak selfishly uh, right now. We've had a couple of swing and misses, just some walkthroughs, and it just didn't quite work out at this juncture. Just so you know, I've got about five people from corporate housing specialists to insurance guys to just the B2B guys. Mm -hmm. um, not quite landed the plane, but I'm hoping we can. In fact, we've got another one that's um, kind of interested in our, our Mintone place, actually Jasper B, which would be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, what would you recommend? What advice would you give me? Like, should I be screening these tenants? Should I be, you know, what what should I be doing and taking, uh, you know, 
Have you thought about investing in real estate and taking advantage of all of those benefits without any of the work? That is something that On the Invest not only provides, but has been providing since its inception. With friends and family, we have built an empire in a system of a wealth generating tool that is giving us and our friends and family that leverage in their life to create true wealth. Go to onvinvest.com for more to see if you qualify. And thanks for listening. Yeah, I would be looking for, well, there's a reason why these people aren't staying at your home. So like, I'd find out why, you know, get, yeah. a, get a feedback form. What, what, what was it about the place? It, it yep. probably, I always make sure that our properties like are super designed well. They feel like a home. The couches and stuff are like, they're not like Airbnbs where, and I have Airbnbs. So you can have a place that looks awesome, but then you go sit on the couch and it feels like you're sitting on a freaking yeah. cardboard. Like yeah. our, all of our staple pieces are lush, like a home typically is. So it feels nice. very homey. So I would suggest that. Um, yeah. And then I, I would also make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're connecting with these agencies and companies that are, you know, able to give you feedback. They're able to mm. tell you like, Hey, this is why they didn't want to be there. It was not close enough because that's always going to happen. And that's the thing is that if people are just going after insurance claims. It's so circumstantial. Um, although there is a fire every 88 seconds or a flood every 88 seconds in the U.S., people lose their homes all the time. It has to be in the right area. It's got to be in the right zip code. If their kids are going to school, it's got to be in the same zip code, uh, yeah. school, school district. There's a billion different variabilities. So right. um, when people are like, I only house insurance claims, it's impossible to do it with one property in one place all the time. They're always going to be moving. So you have to have multiple different avatars that you're going after at one time. Um, but there's, again, it's it's uh, it's definitely a way to build credibility in the space. And it's a way to you know, have different resources that you're connecting with. So would you so the only way to connect with you and getting those referrals would be through the the mentorship program or is it how does that work yeah we're actually working on developing an a, a direct have you heard of corporate housing by owner mm -hmm. yeah we're working on creating something very similar to that right now um we're probably still about six months out we just we just picked up a software engineer that's coming in to like really help develop that nice. um so the network would be essentially I come in or you come in with the property and say we posted it's Orange County, whatever, you know, Long Beach, something like that. I would post it up on the network. You select that you have availability for the dates that I ask. It shows a price and then you click and say, yes, I'm available for it. We would go back to the agency and build that, you know, build that connection and get, get somebody into that property. But I think, again, for me, one of the problems with that is that I want to make sure that I know that the properties that I'm going to be dealing with are like top, top class. Like they're, they're good. That's the problem is a lot of people will put their homes up. Um, if you guys look on Furniture Finder, a lot of them look like grandma's house. It's just like yeah. old leather couches. They don't look clean. It, like it, it phone pictures. Yeah, phone pictures. Like those aren't quality. That's not a quality, uh, quality, you know, type type property. So you have to you have to think about this. And this, I think, is why I'm su successful in the space. Is that there was a time when I flipped instead of making money, it started being it started being about hospitality and service to these folks that literally lose their entire homes. And so for me, I have a, su a super huge soft spot for that. Um, and there was one in particular moment, um, this woman named Irene, I was sitting at a um, dinner table. She came and looked at the house with her dog and she sat there and she's like, Jesse, like the one thing that I want is to be able to sit with my family and eat dinner. Like that's what we did. She was a, an Indian woman and that was her culture. Like they had dinner at the table every night. That's what they did. And she's like, we we're all in three different hotel rooms because she had a couple adult kids who were living with her, her gra the grandma or the, the mom and the dad. They were living there and she's like we can't all come and sit together and eat in the same place like that's the one thing i want she was crying to me and at that moment i realized like 
these simple things that most people want or we, we we take for granted on a regular basis, like somebody just wants that in a home. And that changed the way my entire mentality looked with this business. It wasn't about making money anymore. It's like, how do I make these people feel safe, comfortable in an environment where they can thrive again after losing like literally all their belongings or whatnot? So once I changed that mentality, everything kind of took like an upward, like a hockey stick. We were doing well and then whoosh, it just shot up once we changed the way we operated and put those those clients first and the, and their whole you know their stay we upgraded a lot of the things we if they had certain stuff at the home that we didn't have we would go out and buy that so that when they came in they felt comfortable with it um so it just changed and they were going back to those relocation specialists and saying hey this guy's doing all kinds of stuff like we didn't expect him to do it but he's he's doing it um and that's oh, that yeah. good word that, that that comes back so yeah your brand is everything yeah yeah 100% yeah, under promise, over deliver. Good lessons from that. Yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll we'll touch base after the show. I'll send you an email with um, our stuff. You know, we'll be happy to you know get on your list and pay you whatever fees you guys got going on because we yeah. want to we want to connect and uh, meet with like minded people who are higher level than us. You know, our, we, we met yeah. Rafa a few times. We know him too. Oh yeah, Rafa. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, our stuff is um, <clears throat> fairly good quality, like living spaces, typically like good yeah. mattresses. Uh, good furniture. I try not to cheap out on stuff <laughs> that matters, you know. Yeah, uh, couches. Yeah, I never do IKEA like ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though you technically could, you know, they've got some art that's not terrible. Like yeah. That, or forks or but, spoons or plates. Yeah. Like those are all right. good. I don't even do that though. I just go straight to, you know, a little bit of a tear up. Just a quick opinion though. We don't have a single mm -hmm. SFR, it's all duplex triplexes, shared lots, that kind of a thing. Do you think that's why? Well, when people lose their... So like for travel nurses, business travelers, they're going to be totally fine. But when somebody loses their home, typically what they like to do is stay in something that's similar to what they have. Mm. Um, so if that is the home that they lose, they're typically not going to go to a townhouse or they're not going to go mm. to you know a condo. They're going to go to a property. And those properties, the single family homes, typically have a higher loss of D coverage. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the terms on that. What is that? Yeah, so basically, it's an insurance. It, it's it's their insurance. There, there's a certain cap that they have on their insurance, and there's no way to justify how much it is. Every insurance is different. So if they have a million dollar home, which you guys are in SoCal, most of those properties are going to cost a mill. Um, so they're going to have a higher price point than say if somebody had a house that burnt in Turlock, right? Which the median price is three eighty, three ninety. So you're going to get a different price point. But yeah, it has to be something the same and similar. If they have a five bedroom house, they're not going to stay in a four bedroom or a three bedroom. They're going to want to stay in something similar. Um, so it could be that, man. It could be. And it's harder sometimes to get those smaller units um, booked through insurance companies. Um, I've Again, for doing this for so long, I've just seen you know, only a handful of claims that are actually studios or one bedrooms. Um, I'm not saying they don't happen, but they're just not as often. Uh, but typically, the single families do, do very well. And I, I did things backwards. I bought a bunch of single family homes. And now I'm barely starting to get into the multifamily, mm. you know, the higher, the more doors, um, because I do feel that there's a lot of opportunity in that space right now. Because I talked about earlier, the more doors you have, the yeah. better. Well, um, for what your niche was, though, I think you did it right. I think you would yeah. agree. You know, that's what the clientele is looking for. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. give us a little uh, timeline, man. So 2015, you started, you started with one door, I assume. assume yeah. And then now, how many doors do you have? Yeah, I have 15 doors now that I own. Um, and we have about another 24. 20 on co-hosting so we have like a 30 35 to 37 um doors with the uh total, total altogether 
But just between my my properties, I mean, we're doing well over a million a year um, on gross income on those properties. Um, I would say about 70% of them are midterm and the other 30% are short-term. Um, we'll flip flip and flop depending on um, you know, see peak seasons and stuff like that. We'll make more during peak season on some of the properties. So during summer, we'll switch over to, to short-term and then transition back over right around this time into midterm as it slows down August, September. Uh, we'll roll back into into midterm and and hang on to that till probably about maybe March of of the next year on some properties. So there's a real the reason why I did that is because when I started with one or two properties, you'd get these again you get these these nice juicy bookings for a certain amount of time. Then you'll have dead space in between where you're calling these companies trying to figure stuff out. And for me, I didn't really rely on the online travel agencies like Airbnb and VRBO to fill those gaps. I was always trying to hustle and connect with the company to get somebody in there. So we'd have gaps sometimes that were a month long maybe longer. So we filled them with Airbnb folks. Um, but the goal between, again, behind an intuitive investor is, you know, you don't want to have peaks and valleys like you do with the stock market, right? You want your income to be pretty consistent all year round. So we kind of dialed that down already where we know what our peak seasons are. We know what's, you know, the best months to, to short term. We know when to switch over to midterm now. So we use a lot of historical data back from 2019, 2018 um, to look at what Airbnb was doing. And that's essentially what's happening right now with a lot of our properties. We're back to those you know, 2019 numbers. Um, so we're really focusing on that data. Um, and we keep a lot of, we track a lot of our data now with the bookings that we're getting both on the relocation side and the nursing side. So we really try to pay attention to what's happening. Keep our ear to the ground and see what's happening in the hospitals. Um, talk to clinicians that are coming in on a regular basis, both people that are staying with us and that aren't staying with us. So we know like, you know, if there's any strikes coming, anything like that, we're like prepared for it. Okay. So it's like a hybrid kind of approach where you prefer to have those insurance and, you know, helping people out who, you know, had a home flooded, which is an amazing feeling and something I'm hoping I can, you know, partake in. And then, but on the other side, you're also kind of turning the faucet the other way to do yep. Airbnb, like traditional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, again, we're not, those relocation claims, they're they're super sporadic. So you have right. to have the ability. That's why I was telling you guys, like you have a network. If you're booked, then you get to pass it to somebody else. You still make some money on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like you land those all the time. But like we have con- construction companies that will come stay with us. I'll give you guys a quick example of this. They were building a new Dave and Buster's um, about a couple miles from me. Um, and I remember driving by the driving by that Dave and Buster's that was being built. And there was a big, like probably three or four big work trucks. And they had... Um, you know, Wisconsin plates. And I was like, huh, I took a picture of the truck. It has the phone number on them. And most work trucks do. I called the company. Um, and there was a lady named Linda. Her name was Linda that she answered the phone. And I said, Hey, um, you know, I told her like, this is what I do. I saw that there was a work truck, like literally around the corner from my house. It looked like they were working on the Dave and Busters. And she's like, yeah, we actually have six engineers that are staying at the Holiday Inn Express. Right. As I was talking to her, I was going online, looking at how much Holiday Express was a night. It's $202. They got six guys at $202 a night. You do the math on that per day. Wow. So, and then I asked her, I was like, well, what if I told you that I can fit those six guys in our five bedroom house for 10K a month? Right now you're spending, you know, well over 16 to 20,000. And she's like, wow, that would be amazing. In fact, we actually were looking for a property to stay in. We would love to have, we would love to do that. Is there a chance? Is there a way they can go get, go meet? And I was like, yeah, I can actually be there at whatever time. She's like, the guys get off work at seven. We can meet you there at 7.30. Went and met them there. They walked through the place. They're just like, yeah, we can cook here. We can clean here. A couple guys are going to share a room. The other guys aren't. So I got a $10,000 booking for five months by literally just driving by, taking a picture and solving the problem with that company. Because again, going back to what I talked about earlier, where's the problems? How are you able to save money for people? 
So just those simple little things like that, that most people aren't going to think about, there's lodging all over the place and it happens everywhere all the time. These companies are having folks that come work for three to six months or a month at a time, but where are they staying and how are you able to help them? How can you serve them? How can you save money for the company? Um, and again, it's just a different frame of thinking about how to build a business. I really love that. And to reiterate to the audience, I, I like to go a little abstract with everybody. I just want to give value as much as I can, but you know, beyond whatever you know business you're in, whatever sector you're in and involved, whether it's real estate or not, it's really coming down to what you're saying, like the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk. The reason why they are the top billionaires is because they serve or they they solve problems on a completely different level than yeah. say the handyman, which I love my handyman. He's my stepdad. Yeah. He's the best. You know, we 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 barbecue. He's my boy. <laughs> but he's only solving very small problems and fixing right. the faucet, fixing the water heater, whatever it is. And and that's really the way to think is how can I solve as many problems as possible or bigger problems? And essentially, it all comes down to how can I give way, way, way more value than anyone yeah. else? Totally, awesome. 100%. It's yeah. literally what it is. And if you watch the, biz the best business you know, moguls or even independent people that you guys may know personally, they just niched down. They became really freaking good at that one niche. And I think that's one of the things right now is a lot of people will, I want an Airbnb. I'm going to midterm rent now. And then I'm going to go sub two. And then I'm going to go creative finance. And I'm going to go wholesale. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, pick one lane, get really freaking good at that and yeah. learn it, understand it, build a business out of it, and then go do that later on. You know, go do the other stuff later on. In fact, you probably won't even want to do it because if you double down on what you're doing, you probably just make just as much money. So I think, again, you got to go all in on this business and you got to think about it like a business it has to be structured like a business it is not like airbnb and you can list on airbnb and get a booking great but this is not like that this is actually building a business that you own that you're creating and you're creating your own clients and um again it's just those clients are always going to come back there's always going to be other people that are traveling that are doing the same thing these construction companies are big these engineers work with multiple different people there's other people that come stay with you so um yeah man there's a lot of different ways to do it but again most people just uh, they want to have they want to have the success, but they're not just they're not willing to do the work that comes along with it. Everything always comes down to hard work. <laughs> I know that's awesome, man. And sexy yeah. secrets. And then for yeah. the for the doors, man, you are you're trying to buy uh, the fifteen doors. Is it fifteen properties, single families, or no? We're doing we're doing multi units now. So like you know a lot of splits of like two twos, um, yeah, you, know, huh? you know you know one one stuff like that sure. because. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity right now on that, depending on where the market's at. Like I'm in Northern California. I'm in one of those little pockets where there's not enough to clinicians to meet the demand of patients. We've always had that. There's one college that has uh, 30 graduates a year that are registered nurses. There's over you know a million people within a 150 mile radius of where I'm at. There's just not enough nurses. A lot of the clinicians that graduate here take off to other places because who the hell wants to be in the Dust Bowl of California? So all these clinicians leave. Um, so it's just been one of those places, anywhere from Bakersfield all the way up to Lodi, uh, Sacramento. Up that 99 is a really good area to invest in the Central Valley. There's just a lot of growth here. Um, in fact, I just read an article in like Los Angeles is one of the most expensive places to live. Um, it's like 47% higher than the rest of the, the U.S. But starting to starting to come up is like Modesto, Turlock, Merced, Stockton even, because those people that were in the Bay Area are now coming here and being able to buy a property that's a lot cheaper, but they're getting way more. And you're starting to see that happen all over. I think over in outside of Orange County too, you start going up to the uh, to the east and you got those other little subdivisions, little country, you know, those little areas are starting to build out um, and they're becoming, look at Santa Clarita. I mean, like 
you know, seven, eight years ago was nothing, you know, it wasn't really a whole lot. And now it's grown a lot. So we're seeing that over here up in Northern California a lot where people are migrating out. Um, it's continuing to keep the prices of the homes high and there's just not enough that are being built. So. And how are you uh, raising capital to buy these deals? So you just have money. Yeah. Uh, I have money, <laughs> but yeah. we raise capital too. Like we, um, you know, we'll, we'll get together. I have a few investors that I work with now. I have some private money that I can go to, uh, you know, a couple guys that are, that are pretty, pretty well off. Um, and we can raise capital pretty quick. Um, so yeah, that's, if we find deals, you know, we'll, we'll jump on them right away. In fact, we were looking, you know, anywhere in the Northern California area to pick up 20 units plus, um, you know, they have a pretty good mix and hopefully unoccupied and hopefully I get into, um, you know, I, I really want to get into building stuff from the ground up um, at some point, hopefully in the future, so we can kind of curate these like, you know, branded, just like we talked about branded type of not necessarily hotels, but communities where, you know, these clinicians and stuff are traveling from all over the US. There's not a communal experience. And if you look at, you know, some of the best things right now that we're seeing, there's a communal experience attached to it. So we want to have like a rec center where everybody can come together. And every Tuesday we have you know, it's like a meet and greet. People get to meet each other from all over wherever they're coming from and people can form those relationships with each other and, you know, be able to stay in in, in Orange County, then fly over to Texas. Same thing there. Fly over to, you know, um, some outskirts of Chicago and there's another one of those there. So these clinicians can find these little hubs and stay, you know, in one of the the properties that we have that's the same and similar. So that's the goal. We're working on that right now. That's awesome, man. I know you have to go. I just wanted to end on a quick question on like, you know, social media, you, you've you been blowing up and, you know, all over the place. That's how, you know, we know you from bigger pockets and Instagram and stuff. So how yeah. has that changed your game or were you, were you already like pretty involved in MTR? You already knew everything and you kind of like just using this for future or did that help you grow? Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I mean, I've been in this midterm space for a long time and specifically this niche, like we talked about. So yeah. there's not very many people that really know the nuances that come along with that. So I feel like there's a lot of people that talk about midterm rentals, but they're just listing on Airbnb and they're listing on Furnish Finder. I think what I'm doing is totally different. Um, so I think that's sparked a lot. Uh, I don't like being on camera. I don't like making reels. Like, I don't like that stuff. I don't like doing YouTube. I mean, I actually do like doing YouTube because it's education, but the reels and stuff, I'm not a fan, but I think it's so important. And one of the things that I've, I've talked to some of these people that are super successful in the space and they're so right. I'm going to tell you guys, they said, once you start getting known, you're going to go from what you did, which is all the, you know, the work, like, you know, connecting with companies, agencies, you know, buying properties to becoming a content creator. And I feel that happening now where it's like my life has shifted from doing all those things, which is the work to now like putting content together. Uh, and that's been a hard thing for me to maneuver. And I think a lot of successful in the people in the space don't tell people that. But man, you start doing a lot of content and not necessarily the work that you're used to doing. And it's it's hard to find the balance on those two things. So I'm I'm kind of in a phase right now where I know I'm growing and I know this space is going to continue to grow. Um, but I'm I'm really trying to be um like honor myself in the space and not be, you know, <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of like being on on you know reels and stuff like that. But I Come mean on, you gotta man, do your it. reels are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's cool, man. I like I I I'm very humbled on a regular basis just how how lucky I am to be in this space and and to be able to build and be at the right place at the right time, have the right person see me, get on bigger pockets, you know, get connected to these people that are doing um, really big things and speaking and putting events on. Like it's just, it's, it's mind blowing, man. Um, just some skater punk kid from Northern California that, you know, is now being able to build these kinds of things. So I feel incredibly grateful. Yeah. From punk to pioneer. 
I'm a legend. <laughs> pioneer. When, yeah. uh, hey, speaking of, and again, I'm kind of speaking selfishly, but also, I guess, yeah. for the audience, depending on when we release this episode, when's your next speaking event or networking event? When, when, how can we find out about that? And, yeah, I'm going to be uh, speaking with Soli Katiano, I think is her name. Leases and Lattes or Lattes and Leases. She has an yeah, event. Yeah, we know her. Yeah, she's got an event coming up in the next, I think, like 10 days with like Pace Marby and a couple other people. So I'm doing a summit with them. And then I'm doing Rob, Robil, Robil, uh, his host con in um, the end of October in Houston, Texas. And then I'm having a big event um, in San Diego uh, in April of next year, we're going to have about 800 people at the midterm rental summit. We did one this year. It sold out. It was freaking killer. So we're going to double it this time. Uh, we had a thousand people on a waiting list to go. And, uh, I'm just excited. That's how, that's how big this, this market is getting right now, man. It's really, really picking up steam. So, nice. I'll, I'll definitely try to be at the San Diego one in April for sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. that sounds awesome. Yeah. We'll be there, man. It's down the street yeah. for us. You know, I yeah, love San Diego as well, just for the Me records. Too. I love it there. In fact, nice, I want to move man. there. <laughs> That's, That's awesome, man. If you ever come, you know, if you're going to come um, to Orange County or anything, let us know, man. We'll, we'll yeah. host you. Yeah. Do you know um, David and Amanda Fornelli? David and Amanda. That sounds super familiar, but no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, they're, I, they're similar space and, you know, the, um, um, they have friends oh, with like. Maybe I do know them. I think yeah, they're, they're doing the hotel stuff just like you. They're trying to do that too now. Yeah. That's, dude, that's smart, man. That is, yeah. that is super smart. Are they from, uh, Santa Barbara or somewhere right over there? I think they're Inland Empire, right? Inland Empire. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. I talked to her. I talked to her about that. Yeah, uh, I think she yeah. went to school with Tony Robinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a super smart move. I, right now, um, you know, real estate is, is becoming difficult. People that bought homes in, you know, the last couple of years, the last five years, six years, myself included, it was pretty damn easy to make money, you know? Um, and now, like, the rates being high, there's we have to think of alternative ways to bring cash flow in. And I think that contracting, you know, niching down, super smart right now, especially going kind of riding this wave that's coming through. And I think that's where the savvy investors are going to win every time is is they're they're pivoting, they're moving, um, they're changing that what they did in the past isn't working, and they're making a new a new path. Um, and I think that's such an important piece of both entrepreneurship and just being able to adapt and pivot. Yeah, man. I know you have to go. Uh, any last questions, Drew? No, man. I appreciate your time, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Thank you so much. We always like to end with just like shameless plug, like how can we find you, <laughs> Instagrams, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You guys can find me on uh, YouTube at the real Jesse Vasquez, um, or just type in Jesse Vasquez in the the search bar. Um, and you can find me on Instagram where I give a bunch of tips and tricks and stuff um, at the real Jesse Vasquez on there. Um, but yeah, just reach out if you guys have any questions. I'm I'm usually the one that answers pretty much all my DMs, and uh, I'm just here to help people. You know, learn how to how to do this. And I have again, my YouTube channel is like ton of free stuff on there. So go check that out if you guys are interested um, in this space. There's there's so much information on there. And if you guys want to get serious, check out his mastermind. Yeah, hey, hold yeah. on though. Who is the fake Jesse Vasquez? I, I want to meet. Who's that guy? Well, dude, there's like <laughs> Jesse Vasquez is the most common hispanic name on the planet earth oh so. is, it, <laughs> is it worse than my name my name is rodriguez and that, that's a bunch of those two yeah really yeah yep. yeah well jesse vasquez is like the most common hispanic name jesus vasquez uh that's um, probably even more common but jesse super common but so you're yeah, the real one yeah yeah that real estate yeah. kind of spin on it thanks too. thanks jesse yeah, thanks, thanks for your time brother appreciate yeah, it guys so i appreciate much. it man I, I look forward to this and thank you guys for having me and i hope your 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 folks got some value from from this episode i don't know about you 
but I definitely like to see five star reviews on any service or any product before I purchase. Please take a second to leave us a five star review, whether you're listening to it on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, or whatever platform. Take a second, it goes a long way, helps us a lot to grow the channel, and thanks for listening.